Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. I'm so grateful that you've taken time out of your pandemic and quarantining to join us on our show. And this morning, it is Thursday, May 7th, 2020. And this is the 103rd episode since the new season began in January. So we're about to wrap this season up in just a few and swing into our summer season after Memorial Day. But it's the seventh day of May, 2020. And have you thought about where all of this is going. I mean, just this morning, they published the job numbers and the record 3.2 million people filed for unemployment last week. Here in Michigan, the number was 62,000 people. That's almost like the number of people who filed for unemployment per year or over a two-year period. Instead, it's one week. So the numbers just continue to go up and up and up. And I don't know where this is all going. I don't think it's going to land us in a, in a good place, frankly. I mean, this is something that we all have to think about because this is, this is the way that it is right now. This is what we're dealing with. And it's interesting because as we keep going and going and going, it just seems like it just keeps going and going. I mean, think about it. If we're, how can it be like 35 million people are without jobs? That is not, has not been seen since World War II, not surpassed the Great Depression, has not been seen since World War II. It's unprecedented. And in a lot of ways, it explains why the rush to reopen and re-engage the economy is happening. But my fear is that this infection is going to spread. I told you about my experiences a couple of days ago when I had to take my car in for an oil change because it's been three months. And uh, yesterday, I had to go pick up another car. And from what I observed, the dealership did... Uh, you know, follow CDC guidelines about making an appointment so you don't walk into the in the facility, you don't touch anything, the employees are masked up and gloved up, and so on. But we're human, and there are breakdowns in that chain. And I, to me, that highlighted the necessity for all of us to stay in. You know what I mean? Because what I, I was like, if you keep going out and keep interacting with so many people, eventually something is going to happen, and I fear that that's what's going to happen eventually. So I hope that they pause this uh, re-engagement for just a little bit from what I understand that here in the state of Michigan, they anticipate this is going to go up to the 30th of June. They're just taking it day by day, stage by stage. But the overall look is that it's June 30th before anything comes back to normal. That means it will be past the time when students graduate from high school, when students graduate from college. Uh, It will be past the time for all of that stuff. It will be the end of June. So that's something to think about. But today, I want to talk about the fact that just last week, we all watched in dismay as armed protesters stormed Michigan's Capitol. And uh, they didn't just storm the Capitol. They were armed with their guns because it's an open carriage state thanks to the previous 
Governor Rick Snyder. Thank you, Mr. Snyder, for leaving us with a heritage of anybody can carry any guns anywhere at any time, including in the Capitol. Thank you for making elected representatives of the people feeling unsafe. Thank you very much. That you didn't give a care about the people who live in the state. You only thought about the money you were getting from gun lobbies. Thank you, Mr. Snyder. I hope wherever you are sitting right now, you're feeling some sort of quake if you're human. But may, then again, we would have to cue to find out if you're human. I'm serious. But one of the things that stuck out to me about this, and I don't know if the rest of us saw that, is that the lieutenant governor of Michigan is a black man. And the lieutenant governor of Michigan was at his job when armed protesters with nooses stormed the Capitol. And for a minute there, it looked like utter chaos. It seemed like nothing was in control. The police were not in control of the protesters. And if they had gotten to the governor, who is who, which is, you know, who is what they were going for. They were going for her. That was their goal. But if they caught the lieutenant governor, who is a black man, and people had nooses and the Confederate flag, what did you think was going to happen? That was a really nice display of how, under this administration, we have reversed. We have gone way back. We didn't just go back to, to you know, maybe 1970 or something. We went all the way back to Jim Crow. We went all the way back to the Confederate flag. We even surpassed the swastika uh, generation with Hitler. We went all the way back to lynching, which started in the South in the 1860s. That's how far we went back. And to think the insensitivity of people to show up at the Capitol, that they weren't insensitive at all. They were communicating a message that, yeah, we are in control and we can do whatever we want to do. And even if there's a black man who is the lieutenant governor, we can put a noose around his neck. And the rest of the Michigan uh, Republican Party, you're all just sitting there wondering what the hell did you just get started? This is never going to be erased from your history, that you condoned the armed protesting of people with nooses to march on Michigan's capital. A black man who is the lieutenant governor had to sit there and watch. He's the lieutenant governor. That means if anything happens to the governor, he's next in charge. But he has to sit and watch as armed protesters with nooses that is reflective of his race, reflective of the suffering that his ancestors went through. And you bring that to him. This man is, is, has two degrees. He's an educated man. He's an accomplished man. He has two degrees. And yet you bring that to him. I just want to say, I don't understand how anybody could condone that and think that's a good idea. I don't, they say that Betsy DeVos's uh, electioneering team were behind the organizing of this. So it sounds like they paid people to come down to Lansing to do the act out. Did you guys also think that these people were coming with their guns and their nooses and their swastikas and the Confederate flag? The Confederate flag is not a good symbol of your culture. Let's just put it that way. Because I know a lot of people like to say, well, just like you guys want to keep your culture, the Confederate flag is part of your culture. Would you really claim something that enslaved people for 400 years? Would you really? Did you want to be part of a large human trafficking ring that your ancestors supported? The rape and physical beating 
of a large group of people. Is that what that's what the Confederate flag represents? And you want to be a part of that? And then come and tell me you're a liberal? And then come and tell me that you're progressive and that you like all people? Seriously? How was this man how is this man supposed to feel? There he is. He's the elected representative of the people. That means most the people who well they won by a majority, only the majority won, right? And the governor, the current governor, and the lieutenant governor were the winning ticket. So now you're going to tell us that that's okay. I'm just saying to you all. I'm just saying to you all, we all need to take a look at at, at what the heck is going on down here. You know, this is is something that we all need to uh, think about because for the life of me, I, I simply just can't understand why this would be, why this is even something that we all uh, tolerate, right? Uh, and, and this is, as the pandemic wears on, I think that there are some things that are going to occur in this. Now, the currency on this is that a number of Republican lawmakers, uh, legislators, have decided that they're going to sue the governor of Michigan. Listen to this. They're going to sue the governor of Michigan to limit her emergency powers. I don't even think that, hi, good morning. I don't even think that that is constitutional. Is it really? It's not even constitutional because when you look at it, that kind of thing doesn't even really happen. <laughs> it, it doesn't, the, the, according to the Constitution, and I leave the lawyers up to debate this, but according to the Constitution, not even, the Constitution gives the governor, the Constitution of Michigan gives the governor the right to call emergency, good morning, the right to call emergencies if she wants to. So whatever those orders or whatever that looks like, she it is at the discretion of the governor. So the fact that they even framed it does not, it does make, makes their argument unconstitutionally viable. It, it doesn't even fly. But I guess they want to be seen because they're worried they might lose seats in November. So they want to be seen as taking action and being strong. You know, people people who are male, I find sometimes people just want to appear that they're strong and they're doing something, even if what they're doing doesn't make sense. It's more like how most of us work, right? And and we would sit at our desk for hours. You do the work within the first three hours of going to work, and the rest of the, the remaining five hours, we're pushing paper. But we can't afford to not look like we're needed at the job, so we look like we're strong. Right, and we look like we're busy and just appear to be busy. That's what the Republican lawmakers are doing, because there's no doubt about it that re-engaging and reopening the economy is going to look, is going to be this, you know, is going to not, probably shouldn't happen. Based on my experience, even yesterday, I went to pick up a car. So how it works is you make an appointment at the dealer. You know how that works, right? You make an appointment, they bring the car, sanitize the car. And you, you, you provide them with your documentation. Then you go test drive. If you like it, then you bring the car back. They sanitize it again, right? And uh, then you sign the paperwork. But there still is that some dealers do it where you just sign the paperwork online and they deliver the car to your door. But I'm one of those persons who I, I'm not just going to take your word for it because I don't know what they sell you. I've bought enough cars in my life to not trust dealership. I kid you not. So I don't take their word for it that the car they're going to give me is what it is advertised as. <laughs> Even when you're buying a brand spanking new car, 
So I like to take it for a test drive. I like to know what I'm getting into so that if there are any inconsistencies, I can point them out at the time of sale and at the point of sale. So if something happens later on down the road when you come back, it's not like, well, you drove the car, blah, blah, I don't know if you did it. No, we're not going to go there, right? So when you when I looked at those, and those are, for me, those are, if, if it weren't necessary, I would not have done it. You see what I mean? So it's, for me, it was essential and necessary. It was essential for me to take my other car for, uh, for you know, for service. It needed to be serviced. I mean, brakes wear out, needs oil change, and it needs filters and so on. And it's been three months. It's been since March, right? So those are essential services that must be performed for vehicular maintenance, right? You've got to maintain your vehicle. So that I had to do. But when I looked at the other things, like I saw one beauty salon way out in left field somewhere where I went yesterday, and I'm like, people are crazy. You can't do that personal kind of contact, that personal touching. I don't agree with that. I think we need to step back. I don't believe that we should get back into restaurants so quickly. Certain kinds of businesses, going to the coffee shop, going into office buildings. I know right now they're trying to figure out how to social distance in office buildings. And I'm like, let me see how you do that. Aren't you curious? Too? I'm curious. How are you going to do that when you work in an office tower with 50 stories and a million, hundreds of people got to get on the elevator to get up there? Let me see how you're going to perform social distance. Are you going to say on certain days, this group of people come to work, but you're still going to touch surfaces in common. You see what I'm saying? So I still want to see how they plan to do that because they're in a rush because they want us to get back to work because we're the energizer bunny that keep the economy going, right? So people like Elon Musk, for instance, and his girlfriend, Grimes, I, I can't believe people, and the, the, the name they gave to their kid, XEA12, they're, they're, you know, we all can't go after black people after this, but naming their kids Shaquana, Lakeisha. That sounds like a name, but XEA12? And he was tweeting her while she just recovered from having a baby. The audacity and ego of people. These are the people who are driving the government to reopen the economy. They're living in a bubble. He's in a sanitized bubble in germ-free, probably ingest bleach or ingest Lysol or something. So he doesn't have a clue what it means for ordinary people to go back to work. He even tweeted the California governor that because he has an ego thing and he sees his profit, his stock loss money. So he wants, these are the people driving the government to re-engage the economy. It's not just the president who is in an election year. It's the people behind. It's the large economists, the people who are dependent on shares being sold on the stock market to make them rich. You see what I'm saying? And they're the people who are saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, we need to re-engage. We need to do this. And I, you and I are sitting back like, so you want me to go and kill myself because my life is invaluable because you are a billionaire. Okay, you need to sit down and go name your next child XKRZ because that's all the brain space that you have. What I understand that they live in a <laughs> in a bubble, but how is this child going to feel about his name being XEA12? All his life he's just going to be called X. So when he's go when he goes to school, they're going to be like X. When he gets married, it's going to be X. What is his wife going to call him? Stupid, right? But when you have too much money, I guess it lends itself to you not, you become so arrogant 
and so assumptive and presumptive about your power and your interest that you forget to be human and that being human is normal. Right? I wouldn't be surprised if the next thing he tweets is that he's a bear or a lion or something. I'm put on some outfit and say I'm a bear, I'm a lion. People are just crazy, aren't they? It's crazy, right? It's just totally crazy. So we're looking at these are the kinds of people who when you look at when you look at all of this, we're in this kind of environment that evokes this kind of stuff where people feel like well, I want some control over my life, right? And I want, uh, they can identify with whatever they want nowadays. Stop. One of my viewers is saying that, stop, <laughs> right? I mean, what are you going to identify next? As a monkey, as a dog, as what? Or a cross, a human cross, right? You know, a human genome. Too much money. Too much money. There should be a limit on how many people can be billionaires and how you become a billionaire. Don't you think? There should be a limit on that. It, it, it lends itself to, to, to ridiculousness. It's just totally ridiculous. Right? But when you think about it, you have to ask yourself the question, what on earth is going on in Michigan? We live here and we're trying to understand it either because, as usual, the state is now slowly dividing itself along racial lines. I don't know if this is what the organizers of the protest wanted, and the GOP can't distance themselves from it because it has their footprint written all over it, right? They, 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 they weren't there in official numbers. They themselves, the officials of the party weren't there, but they sent their soldiers out. So I don't know if they're trying to make it seem like the rest of us or make it seem like this is what they want to do. Maybe they intended it as a political ploy, to embarrass the governor and to make her somehow be forced to go push a button and magically reopen the economy so it won't look bad on their watch that a pandemic happened that could have been avoided, but that not handling that properly sent the economy and the rest of us into a tailspin. So if that was their intent, they wanted to cover that up. There are two things that emerged from that. It became a national disgrace. It pointed out the deep chasm of racism that still exists, right, in the country and in Michigan. It pointed out that there are still two Michigans, and all it did was bring up this old-fashioned racist foolishness that we can't get rid of. My, my, my. I'm wondering what the ancestors would think after so many hundreds of years of fighting that finally they get one of their sons, one of their descendants, to be a lieutenant governor in the state of Michigan and literally while he is performing his duties armed men walked in with swastikas and confederate flags and the granddaddy of them all a noose bringing back all the feelings of racism bringing it all back this is not something to laugh about people these folks meant business they probably would not come to Detroit to do that because they probably would fear that Detroiters are primarily black, so Detroiters may not respond well to that. You know, something could set them off kind of thing, and it would just escalate. I just want those people who did that. I invite you all to come down to Mac and Connor. You want to march somewhere in Michigan? Go down to Jefferson and Mac or something, Right? I'm not talking about the parts of downtown that look like General Motors. 
I'm telling you where to go. Go down on, on Six Mile and Southfield or Joy Road and Schoolcraft. You want to march in Michigan with your swastikas and nooses? Come down here. Come down to Seven Mile and Southfield. We'll show you how the real Detroit goes. <laughs> exactly. Come down to Detroit. You want to march with your nooses and swastikas? That, see that their, their, their environment. Don't come down here with that bullshit. Come down, but you can if you want to, if you feel like you're really bad. Because here's the thing. Again, we are still trying to move forward. And, and the way the society works is they want black people always to be forgiving. They want black people to let it go. It's, it's a bad part of the past. You keep hanging on to it. Well, how am I going to forget it? When you just marched up in the Capitol with a black man as a lieutenant governor and you walk up in there with the news, how am I going to forget that I'm black? So I'm standing before you. Are you pretending that I don't exist? You don't see my blackness? You don't see that? You're pretending that that doesn't exist while you're telling armed protesters, go down to Lansing and march on the Capitol so that girl will get her act together and reopen the damn economy. How dare her? That girl is a woman with a law degree from Michigan State University. That girl was a prosecutor in Ingham County. Now, she didn't do everything right because I really didn't like when she was a prosecutor, she handled the Larry Nassar stuff. But guess what? You see under this stuff with the pandemic? She did the right thing. And this is what the protesters missed. They missed this completely. They totally missed it. When the governor saw what was, what was happening in Detroit, she decided to shut the whole state down to minimize people traveling. Because if we're traveling back and forth, we're doing what? We're spreading the infection. If they were really thinking, they would have realized, but she saved them. Because she stopped people who lived in Metro Detroit who were heavily infected from going to other parts of the state. That's why their numbers are lower. Because she shut the state down. If you really think about it, she didn't do Detroit a favor. She did them a favor because she was trying to minimize the spread of infection. It's kind of like a, a Hail Mary. It's, it's kind of like the, she won the lottery when she did that because what it did was it slowed down the rate of infection in, in Detroit, but it also significantly lowered it in the rest of the state. Guess what the rest of the state looks like? White. There are 10 million people who live in Michigan. Do you know that blacks are only 14% of the population? Michigan is majority white. 14% of the population who happens to live in the lower part of the, most of us live in the lower part of the state, especially Southeast Michigan. Southeast Michigan is the money maker for the state. If it isn't happening in Detroit, it isn't happening anywhere else. This is where the money is made. Yes, we have a Kellogg company up in Grand Rapids, just outside of Grand Rapids, and a few others. But this is where the money is made, y'all. Ford, GM, and Chrysler are down here. The big three. Everything else, down here. Quicken Loans and everybody else down here. They're not up there. They're down here because we are near the center of activity. We need to, and, and what these armed protesters forgot, patient zero was a white male who is 55 years old. Patient zero was not a black person. Patient zero, who started the spread in Southeast Michigan, was a white male who had recently traveled with an extensive travel history. 
That's who started the spread. Yes, here you are, marching up on a black man. <laughs> right? <laughs> marching up on a black man who is the lieutenant governor. I could do that. Me? I would have sent, told, I would have sent the National Guard out there. I said, no, hell no. Send the National Guard to keep those people on the raft. They would have felt my power. I am lieutenant governor. I am going to the governor and say, God, we got to stop this so people don't feel like they can do this. Because who is to prevent one of those protesters one day walking arbitrarily or seeing the lieutenant governor somewhere and decides that it's time for him to retake his power and does something? As far as I'm concerned, bring out the National Guard. It's time for that. No, I don't support that. That's insurrection. That's you trying to overthrow the elected government of the people. The people elected a government, and they pulled one order to minimize infection. And you disagree with that, so much so that you're going to show up with a news for the black lieutenant governor. I'm surprised everybody missed it, because that was the first thing I thought of. I said, oh, my God, what happened to the lieutenant governor? How did he feel? The Detroit News showed a picture of elected representatives of the people who had on uh, uh, vests, bulletproof vests. Are you kidding me? In Michigan, this happened on the Michigan Republicans' watch. They need to be reminded that you cannot mix and play with the devil and think the devil is going to forget that. If you want to be to show that you are a party of progress, and you have moved from your racist path, then you need to not play with the devil and have people to make a statement whom you know are likely to display this kind of behavior. How can you honestly say that you don't support absolute power if you have people demonstrating with swastikas? Hitler, the whole world and history agrees, was a madman and a horrible person. He sent people, sent six million people to gas ovens. You want to be associated with that? Come on now. Think about that. Right? The Confederate flag represents a period in American history where people of color, where black people were sent into slavery, where black people were traded. It's the largest human trafficking event in human history was the enslavement of black people who were captured and taken from their original homes and brought to work in slavery for hundreds of years. That's what the Confederate flag represents. The Confederate flag represents the continued enslavement. They never stopped. They didn't think it was something that they should have ever stopped. They thought it was something that they should do over and over and over again. They never stopped. And even when the world had stopped in the 1800s and said slavery is wrong. Your boy from down in Alabama still went and, and went for a slave and got some slaves and brought it back. People live in Freetown, Alabama, are descendants of people who came over on a slave ship after, the, after 1860. Are you all hearing? And you still expect us, while we're trying to move forward, and this is the thing I don't like about racism. You're trying to make it sound like the onus is on the enslaved people. The onus is on the people who have been damaged. The onus is on the people 
to 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 improve. No, we want to move forward to. We want to say, okay, we have the shared history, we have the shared past, but we're trying to find a way to tunnel out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. We're trying to find a way to say, despite our shared negatives negatives in our history, we want to look and embrace each other and open up opportunities for all of us. But that's just we we, we were just set back a hundred years when people showed up in the Capitol building of Lansing with a noose for the black lieutenant governor. And the Michigan Republican Party sponsored that. You can't downplay that, no matter what you do. And if you're part of the Michigan Republican Party and you're listening to this, you all owe us an explanation. You all owe that man an apology publicly. And you owe every black person in the state of Michigan an apology. John James, who is running for senator, you should not be on the Republican ticket. Your skin is black. Maybe you have forgotten, but your skin is black. They marched on Lansing with a noose, dude. That means they could come for you. They did not forget that you are black. They did not forget that your ancestors were slaves whom they brought over here, human trafficked here. They did not forget that. They're using you for a power grab to get power. And then they sideline you and put you out so that they put whomever they want in the seat. You should not be with a party who marched on Lansing whilst a black man, the color of your skin, whom you have affinity with, and a shared ancestral history of enslavement that was brutal. Slavery was one of the most brutal acts of enslavement in our history, in our collective human history. Let us not forget that. It was brutal. Women were raped. Men were raped. Children were beaten and their limbs broken. Come on now. And yet you march on Lansing with nooses for a black lieutenant governor and expect us to sit back. We are traumatized because we are not talking about it. We have not forgotten it. It's not that we have forgotten it. It's not that we are not thinking about it. We're traumatized that you dare to do that in 2020 because you can't get a haircut and you can't go drink your liquor down the street. We are traumatized. And that trauma is not going to go away. I believe it's time now to start asking, forget about money. There's not enough money that they can pay us. Pay us the money, yes. But we cannot allow this to continue and allow this to ever happen again. I have children. You think my, my youngest daughter is about to go to Michigan State University. It is in East Lansing. You think I'm going to feel good if she calls me one day and tell me that they're marching on Lansing with, with nooses? Baby, and the Republican Party is mum on the fact that you send armed protesters to march on Lansing with a noose and a black lieutenant governor is in office. He was in office. He was not two years ago. He's current. I can't let that by. It just, it, it, it shook me to the core. And I kept saying, that night when I went to bed, I kept saying, oh, my God, what now? You have us traumatized. And you should pay for our trauma. And you will. There's a generation coming that will hold you accountable and pay you for this. Because this is too much. We, it should not happen. 
And, and you know, people try to downplay it and try to roll it back to make it sound like, well, if the governor did what she, so you want to hold someone hostage just because they don't believe in your stupidity. Because what you're saying is not scientific. Right? It's all political theater. Here's the thing with the political theater thing. We have the images to deal with. And because of the history of it, I want to forget it, but I can't. Because I don't know at what point. I don't feel like I'm welcome in Michigan anymore. I don't feel like it's free. I'm free to move around in Michigan. No, I'm suspicious of people. Because now when I, this is me looking at people now. I've got, I got to figure out, were you one of the protesters who were down in Lansing the other day? I want to find that out. Were you in Lansing the other day? I'm looking at people now. And I don't, I discredit them all because I'm looking at them through the eyes of the shared history that people who look like all the protesters are. And I'm highly suspicious. Because I'm like, you don't like people who look like me, sound like me. You don't roll out the welcome mat. You show up with the news for the black people. Can you all just imagine, how do you think you would feel? If you were the, gov- the lieutenant governor, how would you feel? These so-called black politicians know what they signed up for. The pro- I agree with you, but you know what that is? I think sometimes people are trying to say we have moved on and there has been a change. You see what I'm saying? So you're still trying to say it can't be that bad. When people who have been traumatized, right, say it's not that bad, they start identifying with the abuser. That's the Stockholm Syndrome. Because there's no way that you can't tell me you were not jolted by that when you saw news. A friend of mine says her parents left the South. They left Alabama and came to Net Lansing to live because her uncle was lynched. Right? Yes, there was a black president and they had nooses all the time. Didn't they show up with nooses because they're trying to intimidate people? Right? What I'm saying is in an era of a pandemic when people are elected people are trying to get it together, you're still gonna show up marching with a noose. They did the same thing to Obama. You do realize that we're in this quandary because of their hatred for Obama. They hated him, not because he's the person, but because of the color of his skin. They hated him just because he's black. That's to say, I don't know what color you are, but they, they hate me the same way. I got to assume that the same hatred that is directed generally at all black people is directed at me, right? Right? Am I correct there? You think blacks have gone far from the past? Well, clarify. What do you mean by that? What past? The shared past of being human trafficked and enslaved? You are you? Is it a complimentary thing you're saying that you think blacks have moved from that? Or you clarify? I leave it up to you. Right? <laughs> yeah. What does being light skin have to have to do with that? That doesn't stop armed protesters from throwing a noose around my neck, does it? You think they wouldn't throw a noose around my neck? <laughs> I'm just asking. I didn't know they make a distinction. I don't think they do. Do you see where I'm coming from with it? you see how we're, we're seguing into this? 
tell me, what do you mean? I, I like your comment, but show me what, tell me what you mean. Okay. It says that this, uh, let's see. So whites have no struggle. Well, uh, what do you mean whites have no struggle? What is the struggle of being white? What, what is your struggle that you were born poor in a trailer park? That's your struggle. But the society is made for you. You can go, if you, if my daughter who is 17 is black, because I am black, okay? So my daughter is going to go sign up for credit. She's probably going to start up with a credit score, credit score of 650. You know, just because you're white, your credit score is going to be 750. My daughter has no negativity on her credit. That's just how the system is structured. So in saying that blacks have come far from the past, it's kind of putting it in, it has racist connotations because you're saying you shouldn't get this far based on your history. But my history is tainted by the fact that I had no control over coming here. You see where I'm coming from? Uh, so uh, I know a lot of poor white people. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I saw some yesterday. They were still buying cars, like everybody else. Poverty is not the same thing as racism. Let's just be clear. Racism is 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 the employment of ideology and thinking that someone, based on someone's color, they should have access to anything, to resources. You're judging me based on the color of my skin, not the size of my pocketbook. We were all buying cars yesterday. It was all dependent on your pocketbook, what you were going to ride out there with, right? The color of money at the car dealership yesterday was, guess what, was green. They just looked at you, and they just assume you can buy because you say, when I test drove it, I said, I want that car. Let's talk about what the price is going to be. Here's a car. That was the color of green. So to say that uh, blacks have come far from the past and white people have no struggles, your struggle is not based on your color. The society is built in a racist te- uh, uh, context and framework. So if you go apply for something, you're going to get it. Whether or not you qualify for it or not, they're going to give it to you. But me, as a person, they're not going to give it to me on the basis. If they deny me, it's on the basis of color. But they, they're not going to deny you on the basis of color. You're going to get it for me. We could show up. And I am more qualified for the job than a white person is. That has happened to me. But they will give it to the white girls. They, in fact, told me that. I'll I'll call it out. You want me to tell you how it works? Y'all want to hear the story, right? Haven is a domestic violence agency in Oakland County, Michigan. I applied for a job. I needed a job. This was eight years ago. Oh, maybe not that far along. Yeah, probably 2014. They didn't give me the job because they, a white woman uh, applied for the job. A young white girl applied for the job. They gave her the job because they said she needed it more. No, they gave her the job along color lines. I was more qualified than her for the job. I had the requisite experience and the qualifications they needed. They gave it to the white girl. The people who run Haven had, at that time, they have still retired. They got themselves out of it because I complained about it to their human resources manager. I didn't go public with it because at the time I wanted to keep it on the wraps, maybe for a time like this. Do you see what I'm saying? So don't tell me that racism does not exist. You gave it to her because you were white and she's white. That was the only reason. That's what we're talking about. So to say that blacks have, have come forward, let me hear what you're saying. You're saying that there 
are a lot of white people living on the streets and pooping on the streets. I don't get why color has anything to do with it. You know something? I'm going to be honest with you. I have seen that, and I have worked and helped some of those folks. Here in Detroit, we have a homeless colony of, of young white people who have been drug addicted and who have been uh, ostracized by their family, for want of a better word, and they're homeless. And we have, when they come forward, we do provide resources. That is not what this is about. The problem with that is that just because they're white, though, they are likely to recover quicker than a black person who is in the same position, right? I feel you. I understand what you're saying. But racism does exist. If you don't believe me, you and I go apply for a job right now, and I'll show you how it works, right? This is what we're saying. So maybe you are looking at it from the context that you're judging yourself based on the fact that you are poor white. And so you think that only middle-class whites or rich whites have the advantage. No. See, middle-class whites and rich whites know how the system works. And they use the system and manipulate the system to their advantage. You need to do the same thing because when you start doing it, it's going to work for you. Let me tell you about an experience I had. Go apply for a loan. Somebody just suggested go apply for a loan. A few years ago, uh, my nonprofit, the Exodus Foundation, I was going to hire a young lady. She's white. I had known her. I knew that she could do the job. And in our initial uh, contact, we went to have coffee at a Starbucks. I walk into Starbucks, and the person behind the counter saw me and the white girl. They didn't talk to me. He talked to the white girl and asked her what she wants. She was so horrified because I am her potential boss. She knew about me. She knew about my work in the community. She was horrified that he was being discriminatory. I didn't say anything. I just kept watching. When it was time to pay, guess who brought out a card? Me. It took the black person standing beside that white guy behind the counter. He was actually Asian, right? It took the black person behind to say, this is the boss. I know this lady, she's going to, she's paying for it. You need to not discriminate against people. Happened all the time. That was as blatant in your face as you could get. The young lady who was standing beside me wanted to apologize. I said, there is no need to. I said, there is no need to. I am her boss. I am going to hire her. But this person standing behind the counter thought that because she's white, you see what I'm saying? The perception that because she's white, she's superior to me, that's what you you understand that you're probably you know that, and you probably haven't acted on your what is called white privilege, right? Do you see what I'm saying? Affirmative action, affirmative action, affirmative action was for white women. Affirmative action really wasn't for black people. Affirmative action was for white women so that they could get into the workforce. Uh, you, you probably need to go read history a little bit more, right? By affirmative action allowing white women in, it allowed one black person to get in. But what does? why should we need affirmative action when aren't all people created equal? Is that not what the Constitution says? That all men are created equal? And that you're entitled to, to, to the pursuit of liberty and the pursuit of happiness? All men are created equal. It didn't say all white men. It didn't say some white men or some black men. That's what the Constitution says. 
So why should we need affirmative action to help us to get into places? You're born here, right? This is your country. You're naturalized. You're here. This is what you do. This is where you live. This is where you pay taxes. This is where you work and eat. You have, you should, there should be no barriers to anything you want to do. You don't need, we shouldn't need affirmative action to place people in positions when they're equally qualified. That's what is wrong with it. That is the fundamental thing that is wrong with that. I hope you see that. You see that now, right? Why need affirmative action? So in your context, you're still being disparaging against black people because you're like, they really don't have any issues because affirmative action helps them. No, baby. Black people should not need affirmative action. They paid the price already. They were taken on human traffic from their homeland, brought here, beaten for enslaved, raped, and pillaged. And the South, the, 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 the commerce of the South was built on their backs. You've got to understand that the United States economy has been the number one economy since 1871. What on earth was happening in America in 1871? The South was powerful. Who built the South? And who was working in the, in the new economies of the North? Exactly. So why should black people need affirmative action to, 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 to get a job? That's exactly the problem. We got to change that perception. Will illegals be getting what you want? Illegals? Who do you consider an illegal? Will illegals be getting what you want? What Mexicans? <laughs> nope. Blacks pay the price, honey. Illegals. First of all, let's let, let's talk about illegals and immigration for a second because just recently the administration imposed a ban on people getting uh. Uh, 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 a moratorium, a 60-day moratorium. Let's talk about who is an illegal. You want to talk about illegals? They're the people who are working on farms right now because you and I are not working on farms. We're not going out there to do landscaping. I have somebody who does my lawn because I'm not going out there to cut it because I don't want to be bothered. I'm not working on a farm, and you are not working on a farm. So who does those jobs? People whom you refer to as illegals are domestic servants. They're the ones who do the jobs that you and I don't want to do. So you still want to call them illegal? As if. So you're saying, I have a right to determine who comes into your country. Yes, you do. We want to know who is here because we want documentation. You want to know who is here, how you got First of all, I'm interested in how you got here. I'm interested in who you are so I know who came in because sometimes people come in with all kinds of agendas. We understand that. So we want that. But at the same time, we have a vast economy. And everybody, because we're so successful as a country, some of us don't want to work certain kinds of jobs. Right? So lucky you got someone doing your grass. I have to cut mine. That's not, you see what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're playing the race card. That's not what this is about. Everybody got someone who cuts their grass. I'm female. I can't push a lawnmower. I have a lot of grass to cut. I'm not going to go sit on a rider mower to do it. That has nothing to do with it. It's part of living. It's just, it is what it is. I've been doing this for how many years now? People have always been cutting my grass. It didn't just start today or yesterday. Okay, so don't go disparaging against that because I'm not agreeing with what you say about affirmative action. 
Don't feel bad about it. It's your ancestors who did it. That's what we're all trying to work through and fix. Your ancestors did that, and we're saying, let's move on. Let's try to find a way to build a future that is equal and equitable for all of us. But if people are still going to talk about affirmative action and are going to try to find ways in which we're different, then that conversation is nullified. I see why now they marched on on, on Lansing, because they probably felt that they should be lieutenant governor, not the black man. They probably felt like it's affirmative action that made him be who he is. No, he went to school and studied. A lot of people didn't make it that far. Right? He just went to school and studied and tried real hard, cost him everything to get to where he is. That's success. Right? We have a harder time because the barriers imposed on black people are more than the barriers imposed for white people. A friend of mine worked for the state of Michigan. She has three degrees and still didn't make it to the top of each lot. But her supervisor was a white person who didn't have a degree from a community college graduated high school and was her supervisor, and she had three degrees. It goes on and on. That's systemic racism, a system that places one group of people as superior over another. As far as I'm concerned, I understand poverty, and I understand mental illness, and I understand how some people can be dropped off the bus. But I'm saying to you, if you're white and you're homeless, you probably aren't making use of all the resources that you have. Because white privilege does exist, and it will help you further up than it does for the rest of us. Uh, I'm almost out of time, but this is good. Racism and capitalism and politics. You see how this conversation is convoluted? Because we come to the table with our own predetermined mindsets, and we're not open to understanding the issues of someone else. See how I explained how I understand your issues of white homeless people and white people being poor? I understand that. But do you understand fundamentally why black people are 400 years behind economically? It's because of racism, because their ancestors were brought here and human trafficked. It is what it is. This is why we say, let's tunnel out of this darkness. Find a way to get to the light. Marching on Lansing with swastikas and nooses is not going to cut it. In fact, we probably are going to have to pass a law that says you can't show up in Lansing in the Capitol with your guns. Definitely not with swastikas and the Confederate flags. And don't tell me that's part of your culture. You want me to bring the flags from my culture? I can bring you some some stories of black women who were raped and and pillaged. I can bring you stories of men, black men, who were killed in the field. That's my flag. That's what I am waving. You see now why we're going back into the past to bring up a history that makes you uncomfortable. But think about it. I'm just asking for your human empathy. If it makes you uncomfortable, how do you think it makes me feel? That is my history. That's going back some 300 years. That's my history. And if it makes you uncomfortable, then it hurts me 10 times more. That's why we got to find a way to tunnel out of the darkness and move into the light. We've got to find a way. We can't continue to have these divisive politics. The Republican Party needs to get their stuff together. You can't encourage people to go march with nooses and swastikas and Confederate flags. Cut it out. It's divisive. And all you're doing is perpetuating age-old racist myths 
that continue to this day. You've just set the state back another 100 years. Because now young students who are in colleges across, uh, black students who are in colleges across Michigan are taking a second look at everything that comes to them from academia. Like, was this just because, was my grade just low because I didn't study? Or was my grade low because it is put into perspective of black and white? Because it just seems to me like white people just pass all the time. No, they're not smarter. The professors are white. So they're easier when they look at names. They know who people are. So they, it's easier. They make it easier. Come on now. You don't, want, you don't want me to go through all this stuff. You want me to itemize. I don't have enough time to itemize it. Do you see what I'm saying? Right? I don't have enough time to itemize all the racist ideas and all the racist instances that happen to people of color. We don't have enough time. Right? I hope you find what you're looking for. Uh, it's victimhood to me. You can be anything you can put your mind to and the work ethics, but good luck with your life. I wish you well, too. And this is not victimhood, honey. This is another racist idea that when black people talk about why the racist barriers exist, it becomes victimhood. No, the people who marched in Lansing with swastikas and nooses and Confederate flags, they were the ones who were perpetuating victimhood, not the black lieutenant governor who was standing there. He went to school. He studied. He passed. He's the elected representative of the people, but some people objected to the color of his skin. That's not victimhood. And I'm not even going to be defensive about it. I resent the implication, yes, because what you're doing is minimizing your con- your ancestors' contribution to his plight. You have to acknowledge that. Part of the problem that we're having is that this generation of white people do not acknowledge that they have a the shared history with their ancestors. And until you can accept it, you can't deal with it. I got to go. I have less than two minutes left. Right? So thank you for your time. I wish you well. Thanks for stopping by. You come back again when we have some ideas. Right? And if you really do need help, just inbox me. Right? Wherever you are, we can find you some resources in the country. Thanks so much, everybody. This is Harry Cameron. I'm out of time, out of line, and so far gone that they're about to shut me down. Any minute now that you're going to hear uh, lockdown. So thank you so much, everybody. Go to my website, harrykamek.com, as well as visit my pages on all the podcast platforms. You'll find a plethora of an interest in subjects that I talk about. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate it. Good luck. God bless you. Thanks, everybody. Be blessed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.